You're listening to Comedy Central. You know, I'm, I'm all for us getting back to normal. Like, I really want us to get back to normal. However, the one thing I didn't think we would rush back to so quickly is shaking hands. I don't know about you guys, but I, I would have been fine if that never came back. I just don't understand who was like, pandemic, and then they're like, ah, I can't wait to get back to rubbing my palms with a stranger. Ah, uh, yes, this is the first time I meet you. I don't know how you conduct yourself, but let my hand touch yours. Yes, this is what we should be doing. Like, guys, we invented a wave. You know, I feel like, like handshakes are like the analog of, of like greetings. I don't know you until I feel your palm. Ah, hello, human. Hey, just this, it's fine. You fist bump at bed, this, this. This. People are like, no, Trevor, I want to shake you, you. I'll show you what I do with my hands one day, and you'll see how much you want to shake my hands. Coming to you from the heart of Times Square, the most important place on earth, it's The Daily Show. Ears edition tonight. China controls everything. Fashion goes black. And Davido. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. What's going on, everybody? I'm Trevor Noah, and this is The Daily Show. Today is September 28th. Let's kick things off in Europe. It's Asia's foreskin. And right now, one of its nations has finally entered the 21st century. Well, Switzerland has become one of the last countries in Western Europe to legalize same-sex marriage. More than 64% of voters approved the change in a referendum on Sunday. This is a historic day for Switzerland, a historic day for equal rights for people of the same sex who love each other. Yay! Congrats to everybody in Switzerland. I mean, not for legalizing same-sex marriage, I mean, just for finally taking a position on something. No, but this is great. I mean, finally in Switzerland, no one has to hide their love. You know, now they'll be able to devote their full attention to hiding Nazi gold. I will say though, it is weird to hear about a country legalizing something that most people probably assumed was legal a long time ago. You know, it's the, it's the same feeling I had yesterday when they said R. Kelly was convicted. I was like, wait, that happened now? Isn't that like 10 years ago? Wait, so this, was, this wasn't a thing? And you know, it's weird that Switzerland is so old-fashioned. Like Switzerland, of all places. I mean, they're the country that invented the world's most bangable cheese. You'd think they'd be loose, you know? What? But then what are the holes for? Why would they? Oh, wow. My bad. And you know, Americans always assume Europe is the most progressive place on earth until you see stuff like gay marriage being illegal in Switzerland or France trying to ban hijabs. I think that's how powerful a European accent is, you know? A European could be yelling slurs at an immigrant family and Americans would hear that and be like, wow, dude, what an enlightened man of culture. I gotta be better. But let's move on to the climate. It's no secret that major climate disasters have been rising in the past decade, from hurricanes to wildfires and even tweet storms. And according to a new study, this new pace isn't slowing down anytime soon. An alarming new study is shedding light on the long-term effects of climate change. The study, published in the journal Science, finds that the average six-year-old will live through three times as many climate disasters as someone born in 1960. That includes twice as many wildfires, over three times more river floods, and two and a half times as many crop failures. The study also says the average child will encounter seven times as many heat waves as their grandparents. Yeah, 
This study says that children will live through three times as many climate disasters. Imagine that. I mean, luckily they'll only notice half of them because they'll all be on TikTok all day, but still. Also, the good news for these kids is that they can finally one-up their grandparents' my life was so hard stories. Back in 55, there was a blizzard with snow up to your neck. Bitch, that's an average Tuesday. Now give me my scuba gear, I gotta swim to school. Dumb grandpa. But let's move on, because the climate is only gonna kill us if we already haven't killed ourselves. And apparently last year, we tried really hard to make that happen. The FBI revealed today that murder jumped 29% in 2020 compared to the year before, the biggest increase since it began tracking the data six decades ago. Experts who study these trends say two factors have formed a deadly combination. More people forced to stay home because of COVID lockdowns and a huge increase in gun sales, especially to first-time buyers. One bright spot, property crimes were down for the 18th year in a row. One reason, with more people at home, fewer houses are burglarized. Okay, this is not gonna be a popular thing to say, but this amount of murder actually, actually seems reasonable to me, you know? I mean, think about it, think about it. People were stuck at home with their family and with their roommates 24 seven for a year. That's a year of snoring, chewing loudly, arguing about whose turn it is to wipe the Amazon packages. Yo, I'm shocked everyone didn't kill everyone. I mean, at some point during the lockdown, I bet murder just made sense. If I kill my roommate, I go to jail, but at least I'll have my own cell? Ooh. And by the way, it's funny how people don't talk about murder the way they talk about COVID deaths. Have you noticed that? Like you don't have any deniers being like, yeah, he was shot in his home, but he was old and he had heart disease. Are we sure it was the bullet that did it? I'm just saying. I'm just saying, I need to do my own research. All right, but let's move on now to our top story. We all love technology. You know, it's what lets us secretly watch our Airbnb guests while we're out of town. But we also recognize that in the last few years, technology has unleashed a lot of social changes that people are worried about. And different countries have addressed these problems in different ways. You know, in America, the government has talked a lot about regulating big tech, then, taken huge campaign contributions from big tech and forgotten all about it. So that's one approach. But one country has been taking much more drastic steps. And I'm talking about China. Rising superpower and country that has held the world record for most Chinese people for 4,000 years straight. China's government isn't hamstrung by annoying things like democracy or human rights. So when they see a problem, well, they go after it a whole lot harder. For example, cryptocurrency. Everyone in the West is trying to figure out how to regulate cryptocurrency while respecting the free market. And now China's response is, uh, we have another idea. Cryptocurrency is now illegal in China. Today, China's central bank declared all transactions involving Bitcoin and other virtual currencies illegal. It's the latest effort from China to block the use of the unofficial digital money. Chinese officials say cryptocurrency disrupts the financial system and leads to money laundering and other crimes. Man, you know crypto's got issues when the Chinese government thinks it's too shady. Yeah, they're like, everything needs to be by the books when we're selling authentic Larry Vuitton bags. And look, it is true. Crypto is used for crimes and money laundering. But on the other hand, 
people who are not criminals have also invested their savings into it. And China just got rid of it one day without any warning. Bam, it's gone. You know, this, this reminds me of the time I came home from school and my mom had thrown out my entire porn collection. Wait, no, I don't wanna say porn collection. Let's do it again. Let's do it again and say baseball cards, yeah. When my mom threw out my entire baseball card collection. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> it was a huge porn collection though, man. Oh man, I miss it so much. But China isn't just worried about how its citizens spend their money. It's worried about how they spend their time. For example, people in China spend more time playing video games than any other country in the world. And now the Chinese government is pulling the plug. Kids in China will have their video game time greatly reduced, not by mum and dad, but by the Chinese government. Anyone under 18 is now limited to just an hour of online gaming per day on weekends and holidays between 8 and 9 p.m. It's all part of Beijing's crackdown on gaming addiction. Whew. Oh man, I gotta say, this is very short-sighted of China. Only three hours of video games a week? I mean, yeah, maybe your kids will get more fresh air and exercise, but huh, they're gonna grow up having no idea how to catch a Pokemon. A few years from now, those things are gonna be overrunning the cities. The Pokemon are everywhere! They're everywhere! There's something we gotta do to them all! But what is it? What are we gonna do? So, this is rough news for Chinese gamers. Although, this is great news for me. Yeah. Looks like you won't be beating me in Warzone tonight, Weijiang. Cause you're not allowed to play until the weekend. Guess I'm gonna get my ass beat by a South Korean teenager instead, bitch! <laughs> now, of course, if you want to limit kids' screen time, you can't just stop at video games, right? More and more, they're spending their time on social media apps, like TikTok. Which is why China is bringing down the hammer on that too. Another tech crackdown for kids in China. Douyin, that's uh, China's version of TikTok, is limiting users under 14 years old to only 40 minutes a day. The youth mode will also restrict kids under the age of 14 to use the app between 6 a.m. and 10 p.m. The app will be inaccessible to those users outside of those hours. It applies to all users who are registered with their real names and age. Wait, wait, wait. Douyin is China's version of TikTok? I thought TikTok was China's version of TikTok. Am I the only one who, who thought this? But this is bad news for Douyin. I mean, if kids can only be online for 40 minutes a day, then the only people left on your app are gonna be old people. Well, let's be honest, you don't need two Facebooks. And look, and look, I'm not one of those people who thinks China made TikTok so that they could steal everyone's data and spy on their dance moves, but you have to admit, it is a little weird that they got the rest of us addicted everywhere in the world, and then they turn to their kids like, okay, you guys stop now. Why? Shh, we'll tell you later. The rest of us are just there like. But aside from video games and social media, there's another obsession that China is particularly nervous about, and that's celebrity fan culture. Yeah. You know how celebrities all have these rabid, devoted fan bases like the Swifties or the Beliebers or the Bayhive? I mean, I also have my own fan group. Yeah, they call themselves the Trevor Noah Fans. I mean, it's not a great name, you know? I suggested something more fun like the Noah Mads or the Dimplings, but they just got mad and doxed me. It's a very toxic community. 
I need to do something about it. The point is, China is worried about how out of control these groups are getting, and so they're clamping down on that too. China is cleaning up its entertainment industry, clamping down on what it calls chaotic fan culture. Millions of young fans loyal to famous actors and singers are a lucrative force in China's entertainment industry. Now, celebrity fan clubs have become the latest target of government regulators. Authorities have banned activities which encourage fans to spend money on their favorite stars. Online celebrity rankings and discussions about their salaries are also prohibited. State media newspaper The Global Times says fan clubs could be used to manipulate minds and split Chinese society. Whoa, 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 whoa. People, people, people. If you ban the population from obsessively following celebrities, how are people supposed to know what to buy, how to look, or whose testicles are really swollen? Do you know what you're doing here? I mean, look, I also get it from China's perspective. You know, every minute Chinese people spend idolizing celebrities is a minute they're not spending idolizing the Communist Party. So Xi Jinping can either ban them or compete with them. And let's be honest, competing with them is not gonna work. Anyway, for more on China's crackdown, we're joined by our senior international correspondent, Dulce Sloan. What's going on, Dulce? Hey, Trevor. So, Dulce, we sent you to China to see the terrible effects of this crackdown on the people there. What are you seeing on the ground? Oh, I'll tell you what I'm seeing, Trevor. I'm seeing a two-bedroom apartment in downtown Shanghai because I'm moving to China. Ni hao, Negro. Dulce, why on earth would you want to move to China? They're gonna control every aspect of your life. This is oppression. Oh, why? Because you can't spend 10 hours a day playing video games anymore? Good. I am sick and tired of meeting men who have more achievements in Grand Theft Auto than they do in real life. Well, some of those achievements are actually really hard to get because uh, like you got, you or got like a- Or how about somebody that owns more property in Minecraft than they do on Earth? I thought we were at your house and now we gotta be quiet because your mama is still up? Come on, man. These days, men want to play video games 24-7. All day, they're on their heads up like, look behind you. Nigga, your girlfriend is behind you. Come on, man. Okay, fine. Maybe we do play too many video games, but this crackdown goes beyond that. I mean, what do you say about the cryptocurrency ban? Oh, what I say? Praise Jesus, hallelujah. That's what I got to say. Now, when I'm out, I don't have to worry about some loser trying to talk my ear off about his doggy coin. Actually, Dulce, it's pronounced Dogecoin. Actually, Trevor, see, you're part of the problem, okay? It's a coin with a dog on it. Don't try to make it fancy. Okay, fine. But you know what? If there's one thing I know about you, hmm, is that you have a major crush on Idris Elba. Yeah. How are you gonna feel when China tells you that it's illegal to stand for Idris? Liberate it! Ha! That's how I'm gonna feel. I already gave Idris the best years of my life. And what do I have to show for it? He's married to another woman. I'm glad she's black, but the nerve, the nerve. What? Don't say he doesn't even know you. Oh, exactly. If I had been living in China, I would have been spared this broken heart. I wasted so much time when I could have been married to Denzel right now. That's why China is my new home. Okay, look, I know you're grieving, but I don't know if you want to stay in China. Yes, I do. In fact, China makes me want to start a family. You know, the only reason that I waited is because, you know, Idris is 
so busy. But also, you know, kids always nagging you for stuff and I'd always have to say no. But with China, I don't have any stress. You know, you want TikTok? China says no. You want to play Call of Duty? China says no. You want a cake for your birthday? China says no. I don't think China has banned birthday cakes. Yeah, well, I ain't baking no damn birthday cake. So your present is that you're still alive. Anyway, I gotta go. There's a bunch of Chinese people here who think that I am Oprah and I'm gonna enjoy every minute of it. Ha! Tajin, friend. Oh, oh, okay, well, xixian dulce. Uh, good luck in China. All right, when we come back, Roy Wood Jr. is gonna do a fashion show just for us. You don't wanna miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Show. New York Fashion Week just came to a close. And to help commemorate it in our own way, we turn to Roy Wood Jr. for another episode of CP Time. Oh, well, hello there. Welcome to CP Time, the only show that's for the culture. Today, we'll be discussing black fashion models. We all know the famous ones, Naomi Campbell, Tyra Banks, Iman, and of course, myself. This hat is Gucci. This vest is Armani. And my shirt is Ross Dress for Less. When you eat as much mustard as I do, you can't be dropping more than $5 on a button-up. But none of us would be here without the pioneers who broke into the industry. Models like Naomi Sims, the first black supermodel. As a young woman in the 1960s, modeling agencies told Sims her skin was too dark to be a model. So she just went around the agencies and booked campaigns directly with fashion photographers. See that kids? The best revenge is success. And if that's not an option, drop some dog doo-doo into their car through the sunroof. But I digress. Sims graced the covers of many magazines, which opened the doors for countless other black models, like Oprah Winfrey, who's on the cover of a magazine once a dang month. And after Sims left modeling, she made a fortune building a beauty empire featuring wig collections and cosmetics. That's right. She built her own Fenty before Fenty even existed. Although unlike Rihanna, she didn't have to deal all day long with people shouting at her, where's the damn album? Seriously though, Rihanna, where is that album? Of course, no black model was quite as groundbreaking as Tracy Africa Norman, a closeted transgender woman who became a widely successful model, which wasn't easy to do in the 1970s. Norman booked her first big modeling gig with some trickery. She just followed models into a casting call for Italian Vogue and pretended she was a part of the group. It's a risky maneuver, one that my Uncle Bebo successfully used to sneak onto the first trip to the moon. He's still up there, trying to sneak his way back. We miss you on Earth, Uncle Bebo! In 1975, Norman became a model for Clairol Hair Dye's Born Beautiful campaign. The box she was featured on became the company's biggest seller for six straight years. But after being outed as trans in the 1980s, she was no longer able to book gigs, which is absurd. 
If there was a problem with 1980s fashion, it wasn't trans women modeling. It was the leg warmers and the jerry curls and, 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 and all those crazy patterns. Spent half that decade in an epileptic seizure. But there is a happy ending with public opinion shifting regarding the trans community. Norman is finally getting her due. In 2016, Clairol made her the face of their new ad campaign. That's right, Clairol came crawling back. Like a bitch. Finally, let's move on to Tyson Beckford, arguably the most successful male fashion model ever. Tyson Beckford was a modeling superstar of the 1990s, despite facing racism in the industry. He once almost missed a modeling gig because the person at the front desk thought that he was a delivery man and sent him to the wrong location, which is absurd. If you ever see a delivery man looking like that, then watch out. You in a porno. Beckford's success moved him beyond runway shows and print campaigns. He also appeared in music videos, zooming around on a motorbike in Britney Spears' Toxic, and zooming around on a motorbike in Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. Oh, no, 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 oh! Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'm Roy Wood Jr., and this has been CP Time. And remember, before the culture, yes, it is hot dog time now. All right, when we come back, international music superstar Davido will be joining me on the show. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is Nigerian-American artist and producer Davido. He's here to talk about his latest album and how one of his songs became an anthem for protests in Nigeria against police brutality. Davido, welcome to the show, my dude. Thank you, what's up, sir? Let's, let's start with the most important question because I fight with everyone about this <laughs> and I don't know who's right. Some people say it's David O because your name is David yeah. and then everyone else I know goes like, no, it's Davido. Yeah, funny, funny enough you ask that because I always say this from the east, from the western part of Nigeria, they say Davido. Okay. But like when I'm in like South Africa, like where you from in the southern part, they're like Davido. And then when I'm in like Europe, Paris, Davido. <laughs> Davido. Davido, Davido, I like it that. Just, it just depends, but obviously my name is David, so to me it's just like whatever way okay, you want to say okay, it, but okay. you know it's David, Davido, right. Davido, you know, it's all good to me. Man. Just depending on where you are in the world. Of course. And you know what, I feel like you, you, you are lucky to have the ability to say that depending on where I am in the world, because you know some people watching this may not know you, but there are yeah. millions who do know you. Yeah. I mean, you've got millions of followers on all of your social media platforms. You know, you, you've got over a billion streams yeah. online. You, you have ascended to the upper echelons of Afrobeats, which has become the most dominant music right now. Thank I mean, God. you know, God, I told him, I told him years ago. I remember um, 2000 and 2016 when I first got my deal in New York. I signed right here in New York, down the road in the Sony building. And, you know, they were really not sure of what the sound would be like. Really? And I told them, I said, you guys might not understand now. <laughs> Do you understand? But in a couple of years, this is going to be one of the, if not the biggest, 
one of the biggest genres in the world. You know, I'm like, I like, I did um, parts of my university in Alabama, mm -hmm. you know, and I remember, you know, back then, one of my favorite bands from South Africa was Freshly Ground. Right, right, right. And in Nigeria was The Bunch, P Square, etc. And I always remember, like, I was young. I went to college at 16. So I remember my, my, in my dorm room, they were like, yo, yo, what's that? Yo, them drums is going hard. <laughs> sound good. So I always knew that eventually, you know, it would be appreciated. Right. You know, you know what I've, I've appreciated about it is, is the, the sense of pride that it has instilled in Africans. Mm -hmm. You know, because for a long time, you know, I know as a South African, we always had this inferiority yeah. complex. We were like, oh, America's better than us. Oh, the UK's better. Everything was better than us yeah. in Africa. Yeah. And so even our music started to slowly morph into trying to copy what was copy overseas. What you're doing, exactly. Right? Yeah. But then I've always said this. I've always gone like, no matter who you are in Africa, you have to admit, Nigerians are the most confident Africans on the planet. You know what I mean? And it, I think it's, it's almost fitting that Niger boys were the ones who were like, no, 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 our music will take over the world. The world won't take over our music. What do you think it is about Nigeria that made that possible? Um, I, 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 want, I, I want to, first of all, give a shout out to all the Nigerians in the diaspora. When I say that, I mean like the Africans that live, that are not in Nigeria, the right. ones that are in, in America, the ones that are in Europe, the ones that are in London. I've bumped into Nigerians in Russia. Every, see, anybody in the world, I knock this table. I'm probably the person that knocks this table. <laughs> Everybody in the world has a Nigerian friend. Definitely. Which way, which whichever way it is. So, I think like even like in Atlanta, like with my music, personally, it kind of started from like Atlanta, New York. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh -huh. It started from like Nigerians even being in the club, and telling the DJs like, "Yo, I want to, I want to spend fifty thousand dollars today, but play Davido's music when my bottles are coming out." Wow. Like, no, I'm, I'm, that's an example. Wow. Yeah, but I'm saying it was yeah, a love. Like, it was a so deep love just, for the just, music. Yeah, just from that. And then it, it, got, it, it got to, yo, we in the club. A, a female goes to the DJ, yo, play this song, play this song. So from people in the diaspora doing that for us. Right, right, right. And then us, I remember I came out here for a tour 2013. Sold out every venue. That's insane. Sold out every venue. That this is without um, uh, um, exposure. Right. So I remember Live Nation calling my, uh, the company calling my manager like, yo, yo, what's going on? Who is this guy? We don't even know this guy. He's come <laughs> to America. He's done 20 shows, sold out. But we have to give shout out to the people that support us. Yeah, I feel you, is, man. And with Nigerians, I don't know what it is, but they don't play with us. Um, you know, what I, what I appreciate is how interconnected it has all become. One of, one of the most, you know, glaring examples of this was during the George Floyd movement in America. Yeah, it yeah. swept the globe. You know, you started seeing people protesting in Paris. Mm -hmm. You started seeing people protesting in London. Mm -hmm. And then one of the biggest protests happened in Nigeria. It was the end SARS yeah. movement. And I mean, this was huge. You know, people were going, you know, Nigerians coming out saying, hey, we demand more from our government. We demand more from our police. And your song... Crazy. went from, you know, it was a song that you had written about your haters, but it became the anthem yeah. of the movement. I feel like it also changed something in you as a person and as an artist because you became really outspoken. Yeah. I did not record that song thinking right, right. that was going to happen. That's, that's the honest truth. But it's amazing how I saw my voice be an instrument right. for people. Like, it was amazing. I, I, got in, I got in a lot of trouble. 
I can only imagine. I got in a lot of trouble. I had to actually leave the country. Like, wow. it was that bad. I got in a lot of trouble because I, I was reposted in like. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Um, it, it was amazing to see people come out like that. And I'll say this. They, 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 they listened. They heard us. They might not have changed nothing, but they were shook. That is amazing. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm just, I hope, you know, I see a lot of young future leaders coming up in the next uh -huh, you know, uh -huh. general elections coming up and, you know, whichever we have to do, but things are going to change. My dude, with things people like you leading the charge, with artists and mu musicians getting in the conversation, mm -hmm. with, as you say, the diaspora communicating with yeah. each other, anything is possible, my of man. Course, course. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Of course. Thank you for coming out. Congratulations you. on your global citizen's appearance. I mean, it was amazing to see you doing that. I know you're going to be on the road in the U.S., I'm going to try to yes. come to your shows. No, I'm coming to your shows. I'm coming to your shows. I'm coming to your tour. All That's right. what I'm doing. All right, let's do it. Gonna I'm, I'm going to do it, my dude. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much you. for being God here. I appreciate you. you, my dude. And thank you for what you're doing for Africa. My dude. And we're going to keep doing it. We'll do it, my friend. God bless you. Don't forget, Davido's album, A Better Time, is available right now, people. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go, voting is about to close in the second annual Pandemic Awards, where we honor the most breathtaking achievements of the pandemic. What will take home the pandemic for best original COVID treatment? Ivermectin or bleach? Which unruly airline passenger will win best mile high meltdown? And which school board rant will get the pandemic for outstanding performance by a concerned citizen? Well, head over to pandemiawards.com to see the final contestants and to cast your votes. And then follow us online to find out who wins. I'm just kidding, we all lose. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, if you're thinking of murdering someone, think again. That's so last year. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central, and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.